Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey folks, before we bring in the goth ninjas, let's talk about our Amazon link at BobSeska.com. If you're a parent of teen girls and you're looking for a way to explain to them about abortion and the right to choose, go to Amazon through our Amazon link to purchase Kimberly Johnson's young adult novel, Peyton's Choice. It's the story of a 12th grader who loses her virginity and gets pregnant in the process. It's about relationships, a girl's place in the world, and a right to choose that's increasingly endangered in the age of Trump. Again, search for Peyton's Choice by Kimberly Johnson through our Amazon link. Just click the all-caps Amazon link beneath the logo, and you're all set. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon, where you shop as normal, but because you used our link, we receive a small commission on some of your purchases. Thanks for shopping through our Amazon link, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Excuse me, uh, Mrs. Huggins. Got this uh, new intercom system installed right into the two offices here you have one and I have one right here. So uh, here's how this operates. Now, when you talk, you just press that button like that and just uh, talk right into there. And then the, when you listen, you just listen. Uh, Mrs. Huggins, I wonder if uh, you could uh, come in. Hello? <laughs> uh, Mrs. Huggins, I wonder if Hello? They... <laughs> uh, Mrs. Huggins, I wonder hello, if you... hello? Delmar on the phone. You want to talk to him? And uh, no, I don't want to talk to him at this time, Mrs. Wiggins. That's why I wanted to dictate this letter so it doesn't happen. Hello. To... <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Wiggins, could you come in here now? Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> With apologies to Tim Conway and Carol Burnett for editing the hell out of that <laughs> you had to. otherwise 12-minute long sketch. Down to a minute 10, what can I say? 
From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, May 16, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest soap ever. Hi, my name is Bob. What's up? Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 847 of the Trump crisis, day 8 of the constitutional crisis, 537 days until the 2020 presidential election, and it's Thursday, so that means it's time for the Goth Ninja! (laughs) Welcome, Jody (laughs) Hamilton. From the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and the From the Bunker Podcast, T-Rex David Ferguson from the T-Rex Report Podcast, patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Um, Well, where do we begin? We could could start with, uh, well, let's start with Tim Conway, at least for a second here. Uh, Obviously, uh, serious condolences, Jody Hamilton. Uh, for for the loss of Tim Conway, I know you knew him personally, obviously through yes. your mom. And my God, that is the funniest sketch, maybe <laughs> in the history of sketch comedy, right there. The very first Mrs. Wiggins sketch with Mister <laughs> Tudball and the intercom system, which I swear to God reminds me of trying to use Skype in the <laughs> in the modern era, just trying to test Skype and trying to, like to set up a podcast using uh-huh. Skype. That's uh-huh. exactly what it is. It's like, can you hear me? Hello, can, mm-hmm. I'm talking. I'm talking. Can you hear? Hello, <laughs> it's exactly it's crazy. It's, it's totally seamless for me. I've never had a problem. Really, with Skype, you've never had any issues with Skype, except the one time I forgot to change the mic over to from my onboard laptop mic to the yeti mic and that was my error <laughs> you're so lucky <laughs> you're so I know, lucky I, yeah <laughs> you're very very I need lucky knock some wood because that may be like you know <laughs> the gods are like oh t-rex yeah so, <laughs> so jody we're gonna tell some tim conway stories probably on the post-mortem show but there's actually a little bit that you wanted to mention about uh this particular sketch about your mom's character mrs wiggins and, mrs wiggins and, yeah Okay, so Tim Tim created those characters and he wrote all those sketches. So wow. just so you know that it was his baby. Those Genius. were his babies. Um, and when he first came up with the idea, apparently, because my dad's um, assistant from Gary Moore through my mom's show um, is Charlene Conway's Tim's second wife, current wife. Oh right, right. And um, so I mean, Shark. I've known Sharky my whole life. Uh, she's my little sister's godmother. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew my dad since she was nineteen years old. And um, so I guess when they were doing the show around this time, they got a new intercom system in and Sharky was having a difficulty, yeah. you know, figuring it out initially. She's a very smart woman. I just want to posit that. Um, but, it, you know, it's new and different. Mm-hmm. And so I guess Tim overheard her and my dad trying to figure this out. <laughs> now, it could have been my dad being the one that didn't know what was yeah. going on. But, um, you know, he overheard that and then took that little information and turned it into that sketch <laughs> it's just absolute uh, genius it was it is it's, just, it's it, he was brilliant he really was and just watching it now with the modern context of seeing you know saturday night live and modern mm-hmm. sketch comedy which i am a huge obvious disciple of i in fact i mm-hmm. had my own very teeny tiny sketch comedy show on vh1 for you know a couple of seasons uh, except it was cartoons it was animated cartoons it was it was sketch comedy but in cartoon form mm-hmm. and and so i i love that form of comedy that is my uh, wheelhouse in terms of what i really think is hilarious and and the sort of thing that i've studied throughout my uh, my career doing entertainment and so on and what i was noticing in that sketch is just the latitude to be funny, to let the comedy breathe, to have a sense of 
timing that you don't often see now in in modern sketch comedy it is just from beginning to end it is absolutely captivating it is absolutely hilarious every time your mom says hello i <laughs> snarf my coffee uh it is hello 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 <laughs> Yes, that's another one. And you have to see the whole sketch. And there are numerous Mrs. Wiggins sketches that are yeah. equally as funny. But that was the very first one mm-hmm. that is just so charming and entertaining and endlessly hilarious. And uh, good God, we were just all so privileged to, uh, to to be around to watch all of that uh, occurring, you know, every, uh, every week on television. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something that, uh, you know, as I said on Tuesday... Uh, Tim Conway, your mom, Carol Burnett, the entire cast, they were the first adult comedians who I fell in love with. They were uh, just watching that show with my family. I mean, so many great memories. But I mean, the inspirational aspect of seeing grownups, not on Sesame Street, not in the Mm -hmm. context of Saturday morning cartoons, grownups in prime time being silly and funny and entertaining and having a great time. That was brand new. Um, for me as a, you know, a five-year-old, as a six-year-old at the time, it was just so, uh, so entertaining. So, uh, safe home to, uh, the great Tim Conway and, uh, what are we, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, um, some of the cast is still around your mom, mm-hmm. clearly, uh, mom, Vicky and Lyle, Vicky and Happy Lyle, Mother's right? Day to Carol Burnett, by the way. Yeah. And, and yeah. late, a little late. Yeah, I mean, Lyle Wagner uh, still looks like he's forty years old. <laughs> you know, so handsome. I saw so, some, so handsome. Right, I just saw some. He was pictures. a big part yeah. of the appeal of the Wonder Woman, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Played I mean, Steve yeah. Trevor. Well, because of Wonder Woman, he's he didn't like the trailers that they offered when they would be on location. So he invented Star Wagons. Oh, really? Which is the staple in this town. If you need trailers on a production shoot, it's Star Wagons is the, the leader in it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I had no idea. That's his, it's his company. There's two G's in Wagons because his last name has two G's. Oh, that's right. Wagoner is so, his last name, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we were doing sketch comedy, if we had a sketch comedy show, who would our staple characters be? I would definitely be playing Eric Trump and probably Putin. <laughs> <laughs> I would be the uh, the voice of Alex Jones. I don't know who we would get to actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about that. We need it. Maybe um, I maybe I get like a uh, a fat suit or something like that. Maybe some of the makeup that Tony Atamanik uses on the President Show. Or oh, speaking of makeup, did you see the pictures of Lavrov? And God, who was he with? And he's got that still got that shit colored foundation. On. Yeah, I still got the purple like, foundation. Uh, he was with Mike Pompeo. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. He's still oh, wearing that? I hate that guy. Yeah. Well, you know what? We need to dive into um, um, Alabama here, which is... Um, well, it's not. Yeah. We, we have to. T-Rex, we have to. This is I bad. grew up right across the river from Alabama. I know. And, and you have you have to help us out by explaining a little bit of what's going on in... Alabama! But the... Yeah, you, <laughs> I just want to, one last note on Tim Conway. Uh, the first time we ever met Jody Hamilton was at Stephanie Miller's house back in yeah. 2015. And you told me a story in Stephanie Miller's kitchen about Tim Conway, Ernie Anderson, um, and their driver's licenses and the LAPD. And I, I, I have to hear that story again. We're going to wait on that for the post-mortem show. Okay. But I, I definitely. Oh, you're going to tee it up. Yeah. And it's, then it's, psych. It's easily, easily one of the most entertaining Hollywood stories I've ever heard. Because obviously it 
involves Tim Conway. It involves Ernie Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson's dad, and also the you know the voice of ABC for many many years. Just unbelievable. Sixty-seven Mustang, a dead showgirl, and a stretch of abandoned desert. How did you know, a, a, David? A little bit, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, by the way, you know what? I have a tape of Donald Trump trying to say my last name. Oh, I, here it is. Here's Donald Trump trying to say my last name. Cal Cascu. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I don't know. I don't know what name. Isn't he was that the actual proper pronunciation? Yeah, I'm trying to trying to figure out who he was actually talking about, but it sounded like if Donald Trump actually met me and then went back to a rally and said, hey, you know, I met this guy's name. First name was Bob. And his, and his last name was... Cal Cascu. Oh, God. I hate him so much. I'm sorry. No it's just been a couple days since I've been directly exposed to his voice. You know, I just realized I can make my whole name. I can make Donald Trump saying my whole name now. Listen to this. Bob. Cal Cascu. Oh, man, I get to Thursday, and I just, I swear to God, I get silly. I just get punchy. Um, okay, so uh, let's get back into Alabama and Georgia mm. and Missouri. Um, this is... Uh, none of these laws are going into effect right away. Fortunately, no. they're actually, none of them are set to take effect until like January of 2020. But the whole idea, obviously, is to get this thing punted up to the Supreme Court yeah. in hopes that the five, you know white nationalist Nazi judges will uh, overturn Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's some hope in this. And I want to make sure that I, I want to front load the hope in, in this story. Because I, I think the hopeful side actually is the, the most possible outcome of, of all of this. And, I, I, and again, obviously, things ha- are, Stephanie Miller said it this morning, things are hanging by a thread with Roe v. Wade. There is no doubt about that. The yeah. conservative uh, evangelical movement is is winning the battle right now. They certainly are. But what they're doing is because of Donald Trump, because of Neil Gorsuch, because of Brett Kavanaugh, they are overreaching. This law in Alabama is way overreaching to the point where Pat Robertson said that this I is know. an overreach and this is going to backfire. Wow. When you lose great uncle Jesus dentures, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Jesus dentures. Uncle Jesus dentures. I've got to keep that one in there. Wow. Yeah, awesome. yeah. That's he just. He's been a bane of my. I, Pat Robertson just with his. There was this whole thing where he was talking about gays were trying to give straight people HIV, what? and he had this whole. It's bizarre. He's got this whole thing worked out in his head where gay people were wearing these sharpened rings that they would turn inward and like cut people in handshakes and infect. It just was bizarre. Oh, it's so like what? This is only a couple of years ago. This is not. It's like it sounds like something from the height of AIDS hysteria in the eighties and nineties, but it's actually like something he said in like twenty sixteen or something. Yeah, I remember oh he God. could. He was saying that he could leg press two thousand pounds. Thanks to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, thanks to Jesus. And this is when um, Pat Robertson was 128 years old. Now he's like, <laughs> he's 100, 160 years old, somewhere around there. But when we he got to carbon date him. <laughs> exactly. But when he was, when he was 128, he said that he could literally leg press 2000 pounds. That's like the weight of a car. I mean, he thinks he could leg press that much. But here's what he said about the, uh, the law in Alabama. 
Alabama. Uh, he said, I think Alabama has gone too far. He also said it's an extreme law and they want to challenge Roe v. Wade. But my humble view is that this is not the case we want to bring to the Supreme Court because I think this one will lose. And I agree. In fact, not only is this one going to lose, but the opinion striking this down is going to do nothing but reinforce Roe v. Wade. It's going to take off the table, at least constitutionally, the concept of banning all abortions in a particular state. And also, I want to, just a brief correction. I hope you're right. I just, I, I feel I this, like, right. all the Handmaid's Tale clues are showing up now. It's just, yep. it's like, I feel like I'm living in the flashback scenes from season yes. one. Yeah. Same where here. things were just a little bit wrong so far, but mm. everyone thought maybe it was manageable, but. Yeah. It's, it's I'm, really I'm getting ready to start pulling all my cash out of the banks. <laughs> yeah. With. Uh, but what do you say when we, the wheels have come off? The wheels came off this time last year, what is it now? Like the wheels have incinerated and like the axles are grinding the pavement and it's just like, yeah. when does it stop? When right. does anyone, I mean, he's like just at this point, just like whacking the country like a pinata and catching whatever money falls out. Yeah, I mean, and that's a, it, the only thing that can make it stop is if the Democrats really start to step up and stand their ground. No, but I mean, they really need to just be like, this is in, unconscionable. Yeah. And they need to be like, you know, jumping on couches like Tom Cruise. Like, it's just, yeah. it's like such an emergency at this point. And, you know, part of the problem is that they're millionaires. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, Nancy Pelosi is a fucking millionaire. She's got 28 million in holdings or something, and she doesn't feel the urgency that someone like I do. Yeah. Kind of ambivalent about Nancy Pelosi as far as her handling of the, the Russia attack and investigating Trump and so on and the idea of impeachment. Uh, although at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of waiting and seeing in terms of how this strategy plays out before I really uh, uh, begin to criticize her for inaction or whatever the hell she's doing or not doing. I think the problem is, I, I don't know, I met her, I heard her talk, I had a short conversation with her. I get the sense that it's a grid. For her, she's constantly thinking in terms of marshalling votes, getting people elected, and like working in the process. Well, that's she's I mean, a that's parliamentarian. But that's part, of, is, that's, that's part of her job. Right. It's like, no, that is her job. And that's why yeah. she's outstanding at it. But at the same time, the other side has shown us that they have zero intention of playing by the rules. Mm-hmm. And so, no amount of meticulous playing by the rules. I mean, I can't say that, you know, Nancy Pelosi should start like breaking arms on yeah. the Senate, on the House floor. But I just like I feel like this is you know I feel like Sarah Kinsey or <laughs> yeah I know I know and a lot of us like, I, 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 I've been the, inclined to go down that road too um, I, I think I want to be perfectly clear about this one thing though I, I've seen this on Twitter quite a bit which are people calling for Nancy Pelosi to step up and do something about what's going on in Georgia and Alabama and Missouri now we have a new law in Missouri that was just passed and you know while that's true there's not a whole lot that she can do. There's not a whole lot Nancy Pelosi can do about state level legislation because there's true. obviously a federalism issue here. So um, that you know, that's a huge problem with almost every major law in the country in terms of the patchwork of justice across the country, in terms of health care, yeah. in terms of marijuana laws, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, it's just your, your zip code determines like how long you're going to live, how much money you can make. Mm-hmm. And it's. It's getting worse. Yeah, I, I know. know. I know. It, it just to me, like the whole like states' rights thing is—it's like a Reagan era, just like uh, 
I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, well, I know what you mean. It's, it's a Reagan era boondoggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, there's a there's a whole lot to that iceberg, the, the iceberg of states' rights. But I mean, getting down to the specifics of of uh, what's happening in Alabama, I, I just want to be <sighs> want to clarify something. I, I I mistakenly said on Tuesday's show that the Alabama law also criminalizes women who have abortions. And it, that's not the case. It's the doctors. Doctors alone, are you know, they're the ones who would end up serving 99 years in prison if they perform an abortion. And that brings me to something that I was discussing with Dr. Leah Torres yesterday on the interview show. And, and for those of you who haven't, heard, who haven't heard yet, Leah Torres is an OBGYN. She also happens to perform abortions. She's outspoken on Twitter, on social media. She puts her neck on the line. She is a genuine superhero, and it was quite an honor to get to speak to her for a second time uh, this year and on a really appropriate day. But one of the things that she was mentioning is that this Alabama law in particular, this outright ban on abortions, no exception for rape, incest. Uh, there's an exception, though, for health and uh, life of the pregnant mother. And while that is the case... Good luck trying to find a doctor who's going to perform an abortion to save the life of a pregnant woman in Alabama. Because that... And I think it really only her life comes into consideration when she's not being a good incubator for yeah. the fetus. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. I mean, there's going to be... I mean, can you imagine being a doctor? Put yourself in the mindset of an OBGYN. And, and Dr. Torres has several colleagues who, are, who live and work in Alabama. Imagine you're an OBGYN. And your one of your patients comes to you, and there's a problem with the pregnancy, uh, preeclampsia, some some horrible birth defect or something that's going to harm her patient. Not just the, obviously the the fetus itself, which is the source of the problem, but but the mother of, of this fetus. So mm-hmm. uh, imagine you're this doctor, and the scrutiny the intensity of that scrutiny that you will have to endure if you want to perform a legal abortion in the state of Alabama. And the paperwork and the inquisition and, I mean, who knows, cops showing up at the operating room? I mean, who? first of all, how do they enforce this law? Mm. Second of all, um, do you even want to go through that process or are you going to say, I- I'm sorry, I have to protect my own ass here. I mean, I know there's the Hippocratic Oath, and I know I'm supposed to help you, but they've got this law now. So basically what we're talking about here is even though protecting the life of the mother is an exception that's outlined in this Alabama uh, legislation— it's not going to matter because very few doctors will actually want to do it. a doctor will do it. Yeah. Right, right. So women are going to die because of their yes. pregnancies, because of Alabama legislators who are in this really for, I mean, the most cynical reasons. The main one being we need to fluff our far right base. We need to squeeze this in now, um, not only because of the elections coming up, but also because... Well, we don't know how much longer the uh, Supreme Court is going to be five to four in favor of the conservatives. Mm. Well, the problem, the Alabama law is horrific, but the Georgia law is worse in some ways. The Georgia law is medieval. What Georgia is also allowing for is women who go to another state Mm -hmm. and legally abort their, legally terminate their pregnancies and then come home and they can be charged then with that crime. Conspiracy. Yep. To murder. So, I mean, are they going to, is every woman that leaves Georgia going to have to have a pregnancy test? And the thing, the thing, 
they, they're making up shit that you can't even do in terms of mm-hmm. like ectopic pregnancies and stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, they want to mm-hmm. like reinsert ectopic pregnancies into the, and it doesn't know. Just, ah, yeah. It should, it should tell you everything though, that the States with the highest maternal mortality and infant mm-hmm. mortality and the lowest public education scores yeah. are the mm-hmm. ones that are, you can't, that's not pro-life. You can't, you mm-hmm. bastards. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you edit that, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> I sure. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the one of the many, many frustrating things about this. Um, obviously, this is a, a an attack on the lives of women who live, and women and girls, quite frankly, who live in... Yeah. Poor in, women and girls, Alabama. because rich white women will be able to access whatever health care they need whenever Always. they need it. Yeah, period. yeah. And, and we find ourselves now back in those same arguments where we're discussing you know, they're dragging us into this rabbit hole of rhetoric and biblical passages and when does life begin and when is the way is in life matter. yeah personhood versus a life cycle and ah, la 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 the bottom line in all of this is very very cut and dry to me the abortion issue is not as ambiguous as it's it's kind of made out to be and i've been talking about this issue <laughs> for 35 years now and, and here's the thing it is so cut and dry and and this is why because we have sovereignty over our own bodies. You do, I don't. You don't. Well, obviously, <laughs> you don't. But I mean, I'm a girl. Ideally. Well, you're in California, though, so yeah. it's Still. not as bad. But Still. ideally, we all do. There is no allowance for, um, for anyone, for the government to regulate what's going on beyond the confines of our body. Up to a certain point. I mean, the government can say, well, you know what? We don't want you uh, smoking crystal meth all the time. And so they make crystal meth illegal. But but what we're talking about here is not allowing health care to occur inside your own body, which deprives you of the right to life Mm -hmm. because life is sustained by health care. So these things are one and the same. And like Ben Shapiro this morning was talking about how, Ugh. oh, well, life is life is a right. Uh, abortion is not a right. Well, health care is a right. If life is a right, then therefore health care is a right. And abortion is a form of health care. I mean, again, we go down these rabbit holes. But the fact is, is that the government is not allowed to regulate what's inside my body. You know, it could, I mean, at some point in the future, Ben Shapiro could discover that he's got like a parasitic twin inside his body. And this, <laughs> he's got like a yeah, quato. quato. He's got he's quato. Got quato. Yeah, growing. What's in the basket? <laughs> Your brother. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he's having stomach problems one day. He's like, oh, this is getting a little crap. I have this ongoing stomach thing. What's going on, doctor? He goes in, gets an MRI. Well, uh, Ben Shapiro, you have a parasitic twin. You've got a quato Shapiro growing inside of you. <laughs> and we need to remove this or else you're going to die. die. And they discover in the process that this parasitic twin has a, a heartbeat and, you know, hair or something. It's so gross. I know the thing about that, but it's, it's actually a, a thing. Uh, this happens to people. What, what are you supposed to permit the government to say, no, Ben Shapiro, you can't remove the quato from your stomach. You can't take this parasitic twin All life is sacred. Because all, all life, life is sacred. sacred. Right. So obviously, tumors? Right, tumors right. Tumors are alive. Why, yeah. why should we be... Um, 
not forcing people to keep tumors because those are living things. Yep, that's true. Uh, but I mean, in terms of defining what is a human life, like what is what has humanity like this, right. like a parasitic twin would probably have 46 chromosomes at, at the very probably. least. Probably. So, you know, but, but as, as Leah Torres was telling us yesterday, some people don't have 46 chromosomes. If you have Turner's syndrome, you have mm-hmm. 45 chromosomes. If mm-hmm. if you have Down syndrome, you have an mm-hmm. extra chromosome, which is I think that makes it 47 uh, chromosomes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't even uh, gauge based on that. There are so many complexities to this. There are well, What about what about women that are pregnant in prison? Then you are incarcerating yeah. a human being that did nothing wrong. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. That's another. They really. They're, they're, they're so. They're so they're, the science is just so beyond them. I mean, these guys, who are, and they're men making these laws mostly. No, I mean, just God, I just pity every single woman they've ever had sex with because their knowledge of how this female reproductive system works is completely yeah. like. It's a, just complete ignorance. Mm-hmm. Just, well, did you see Trump's tweet from yesterday where he was talking about babies being ripped from the mother's womb? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah right up until the moment after birth. I'm like, if they're born, they're not in the womb. Right. Well, Wait. Yeah. He's, that's something he's been talking about a lot lately, which is just. But it, it was just the wording struck me as funny because they've been ripped from the mother's womb the moment after birth. I'm like, they are born. They're out of the womb. right? Yeah, they're born. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're born. Then They haven't been ripped. They've been born. Yeah. This is one of the most grotesque attacks uh, in politics that we've seen for a long, It totally long reminds time. me of what they used to say about Jews in the Middle Ages, you know, how they would grind up the bones of children to make their bread or whatever, you know, oh, and it's God. just it's, it's dehumanizing thing. Yeah, well, it's, and it's complete and total fiction, too, on top of everything else. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I wish that I had, our mainstream media had would be more direct in refuting that, because yeah. it's hideous. And it's, to me, one of the most dangerous things that he's saying, because he's basically saying all Democrats are murderers at right. that point. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. that we all, that we're like abortion fetishists. Well, you'd be shocked. Like, you'd be shocked at the number of Republicans who think that all Democrats are murderers and that all women are baby killers. I just this whole like we're gonna force you to have a baby by your rapist and then we're not gonna give it health care or any opportunities in life and we're gonna cut back on its school programs and introduce more poisons into the environment mm-hmm. and it just uh, and but we're pro life yeah I know mm-hmm. I know well I mean part I of think this- Alabama is gonna execute a prisoner today by the way yeah you know the big pro lifers they are oh right. no she's already um, she's signed uh, execution orders for six people so far. That's because so the, she's not pro-life, right? Sanctity of life, you know. Is yeah, she's not pro-life. At all. least, at least with, at least with the Catholic Church, they're across the board. Like, you don't put people to death. You don't have abortions. Boom. Mm. They're consistent. I I disagree with it, but they're consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm anti-death penalty, by the way. Right. Uh, hundred percent of the time. So, but but to say, oh, this is for the life that were the sanctity of life except those guys uh there is a considerable cross-section of conservative fundamentalist men who have sheer and uh, unmitigated hatred and resentment toward women because they're gay well i mean there could be a number of (laughs) one of the other explanations is that uh that they see these photographs of aborted fetuses Mm. and they get so outraged and then they think oh these women are aborting these. Oh my God. These women are horrible. What monsters they are for wanting to do this to a, to a baby. My God. And then, and then they, they, I know, but then they combine that 
with the notion that, oh, and also women can do something that men can't do. Women can carry a baby. And I resent them for that, too. That is the attitude. And I can say this because at one point in my life, in my existence, when I was 16 years old and didn't know anything, I was a Republican and I was, you know, identified as a pro-life Republican because I was raised Mm. in the Catholic Church and I went to Catholic school and so on. And so that was drilled into my head over many, many years. And again, I emphasize the fact that as I make excuses for myself, I didn't know anything. (laughs) And I quit when I was 17, 18 years old, that all went away way once I went to college and was indoctrinated into academia and the uh, the liberalism Critical of, thinking. Yeah, exactly, of the university system. And, and yeah, and, and began to learn about things like science, you know. <laughs> but this is something that a lot of people on that side of the debate actually believe. And so therefore, like George Carlin has said uh, or used to say in his uh, stand-up act, they're doing this because they dislike women because they want to control women and mm-hmm. and the, and the women who are going along with all of this people like Kay Ivey for example the the governor of Alabama she is doing this because she thinks that she that's, has Stockholm syndrome it, well <laughs> there you go. yeah I, I don't even what is that what did you say Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> no I said Stockholm Stockholm syndrome <laughs> it's ultimately it's the fear by women that men will reject them if they become feminists. I see. Okay. And they will get cut off from the lifeline that is the penis. (laughs) At the same time, though, I think there's a level of subservience with a lot of women Mm -hmm. where they feel like their place is to just support what the men are saying. And uh, and I think Kay Ivey may fall into that, that category. So that's Except she's the governor. Yeah. The, the hypocrisy part of it, you know, just the whole like stay home and have babies, ladies, but I'm I your know. governor. Yeah. The Did Phyllis Schlafly hear- thing where she was yeah. touring the country as, you know, making a career of telling women not to have careers. <laughs> Did you hear the Florida, uh, I believe, state assembly member or whatever, state senator, Jose Oliva called pregnant women host bodies? Oh, 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 not only man. he called them host bodies five times. Well, you know, if we're going to get technical like that, and that's not—that's not even technical. It's not even close. But <laughs> we're gonna, no, but then then that would make a fetus like a parasite, right? Exactly. That's kind of how pregnant women have described the feeling to me. <laughs> it is parasitic. <laughs> it's a giant bot fly. Well, you know, there's they, a- are, they are technically parasitic until they yeah. can live on their own. They are parasitic to the the female that is carrying them around. Without the female, they're dead. Exactly. Did you right. guys see Matt Walsh's tweet? Yes, and that's what I want to get to in just a second. I want to talk about Matt Walsh because he's out of his mind. Uh, Britt Hume is a dumb stupid Mm -hmm. too. Uh, But Matt Walsh in particular is a ghoul. His Twitter feed right now is yeah. is just a cavalcade of ghoulishness, one after the other. Just not Stop get, digging, dude. Not getting like, it. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Well, before we talk about Matt Walsh, um, let's talk about some real actual parasites and that are mosquitoes. Are mosquito, <laughs> mosquitoes aren't parasites, are they? No. Oh, uh, and they no. totally are. I don't know. But there are a lot of parasites out there that are, are can actually be transferred by flying, stinging insects and so on. Like malaria. And with Memorial, right, malaria is one of them. And and with uh, Memorial Day just around the corner, it's a week from this weekend, uh, you want to get yourself uh, some bugger off bomb from buggeroffbomb.com. It is chemical free, DEET free, kind to humans in the environment. uh, And it's got ingredients like eucalyptus and citronella in it. 
Bugger Off is handmade in small batches by Karen Reese in the wilds of the Pacific Northwest. And I'm happy to report that it really, really works. I've tried it many times, and I just love my Bugger Off bomb. I'm not going outside without it because, you know, good God, we live in a swamp here in the Washington, D.C. area, and the, the bugs or the skeeters are just uh, relentless. And I know it's going to be another hot and humid summer, and, and you know, just making everything worse is going to be the constant swarms of gnats and, and mosquitoes and all that crap. By the way, the Bugger Off Bomb smells way better than any store-bought repellents. Uh, just so you know, Bugger Off smells clean and fresh. It's not going to stain your clothing either. Plus, no more mosquito bites. It's another line of defense against any insect-borne diseases. Just ten ninety-five right now at BuggerOffBomb.com. Uh, that's B-U-G-G-E-R-O-F-F-B-A-L-M.com. Link in the description below. But you can use our promo code B-O-B-C and get 15% off your entire order. Support this show by supporting Bugger Off Bomb and stay bug free all summer long again that's bugger off bomb bugger off bomb.com or just click the link on the podcast page and don't forget the promo code b-o-b-c and we thank you the bob seska show you just gotta let me know you just gotta let me know how you gonna plant a seed and not let it grow how you gonna plant a seed and not let it grow and i've been thinking about some things that they would never know i've been going to some things can't let it go i've been going to some things it would never show you know, a, a few days ago, I asked for more hip-hop, and boy, nice. did I get some great hip-hop. This is uh, yeah. a DJ called uh, Rel Glizzy. He's also known as Relly Rel, and the song is called Let Me Know, link in the description below. As far as I know, he's only got one track available online on a, on a SoundCloud, uh, and I'll include that, uh, and it's this track, it's this song. Okay, so let's get back into some things here. Uh, what were we going to talk about? Matt Walsh and how much uh, of a ghoul he is? Uh, yeah. Okay, for, you got to read the tweet so people know what we're talking about. It's well, there were, there were so many, but this was kind of the, the centerpiece of all of his terrible, terrible tweets. He said here, uh, and again, this, is guy, this guy's a Fox News guy, I guess, or uh, um, he also does a blog and a podcast. He's a writer, speaker, husband, father of three, theocratic fascist. <laughs> I assume he's being snarky, but you never can tell, can you? Um, mm, these pe- irony is not these people's strong suit. <laughs> and somehow he's got 225,000 followers, which pisses me off. Because yeah, I should have more followers than this idiot. I'm sure a huge number of them are, p- are bought and paid for by whatever PR agency is representing it. That's and his organization. true. Yeah, yeah. I'm and pretty some sure of them, a huge true. number of them are probably bots. Right, so. right. Well, he said here yesterday on Twitter, he said, if a 12-year-old is raped by her father and the father takes her to get... This is where their minds are, by the way. Uh Right, right. It's where they live. Yeah. If a 12-year-old is raped by her father and the father takes her to get an abortion, the evidence of the crime will be destroyed and he will go on molesting his victim for years. If, however, the child is born, his crime will be discovered and she will be rescued from the abuse. No. No, no, no. It's like, did no, you think at all no, before you no, started typing no. dillweed? No. Just <sighs> clearly not. No. It's just a huge life changing, body changing, life threatening, surgical possible. I mean, it's just a huge medical deal. Well, that's right. I, I mean, one of the one of the one of the things that can happen in a pregnancy is death. Mm-hmm. It is a risky, risky thing to do. And you would think, well, because we've been doing it throughout the history of being mammals, for God's but sake. also just imagine being this poor kid who's 12 years old and you're forced to carry your father's baby to mm-hmm. term. Yep. 
Yep. It's, and then uh, do what with it? Yeah. You know, it's like a... Uh, well, think about know, guys it, like Matt Walsh, though. If they fucking rant and they rave and they scream about abortions and witches and lesbians and the gays, and then, you know, they tumble out of an, es- an elevator in Fort Lauderdale with some 17-year-old escort and a dildo mask on. You know? <laughs> right, right. Like, it's just well, it's a know, matter of time. It's just counting down. Yeah. Well, I mean, Howard Stern was just talking, in fact, uh, recently about how, you know, he's... He just assumes, and has, has always assumed, that Donald Trump himself has paid for abortions. I think that's a fair assumption to make. I think this is obvious, given you know the fact that he has this thing for raw dogging porn stars. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, just, I find stars. every single cell of that man is repellent to me, and it's just like I can't even imagine having sex. With, I mean, I know, I know. I just I get the full body shudders every well, time it comes up. I mean. God bless you, Stormy Daniels. I yeah. just mm-hmm. so gross, gross, gross. Okay, don't so, touch my hair. Don't touch my hair. Can you just hear him? You know. Like. Yeah. Well, going back to Matt Walsh here, the point he's kind of saying is that a rape victim shouldn't have an abortion because law enforcement will never know whether she was actually pregnant in the first place and therefore couldn't convict the rapist. Which actually, is just, they could with, with fetal tissue or no, zygote tissue or embryonic court. tissue. You, you just do a DNA test. Well, I said uh, in response, I said if someone kicks Matt Walsh in his tiny balls uh, <laughs> and, and they lodge in his upper abdomen, does he have to keep his balls in his throat to prove his lawsuit against the kicker? That's a serious question. I, I guess he does. You know, I guess his, his nuts Sounds have to right. stay way up there. <laughs> right up there next to his lungs. You're assuming he has nuts. That's cute. That yeah, cute. well, that's true. That I'm sorry. Uh, Bob, I think you agree with me on this, though. The whole, you know, acceptance in rape and incest in the life of the mother. I don't care what the reason is that a woman is exactly. terminating a pregnancy. We should not be doing the same narrative as the other side. I want it available no matter what, even if she just wants one. Exactly. Preach it. Preach it. But what they're doing, by by being so extreme, by disallowing exceptions for rape and incest and so on, what they're doing is they're forcing us to move the uh, Mm -hmm. parameters of the debate way rightward. So then we're defending mm-hmm. those exceptions rather than defending across the board free and clear access to a medical procedure. To privacy. Just yeah. like when you privacy, say- the discretion that a woman and her physician mm-hmm. can make this decision, which is never easy. Mm-hmm. No one just gleefully decides to No, 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 wait, hold on, David. For- hold on, hold on, hold on a second, David. It's not that difficult for everybody, and for some people it is difficult. Right. It's just a decision. Not every woman right. is struggling to... They get they find out they're pregnant. They're like, I ain't having this, and boom, it's done. Right. Okay. So, and most let me uh, say most, that it's it's never an emotionally shallow event. It's not shallow that, necessarily, but it's not it's not necessarily this tug of war, heartstrings thing. It's like, look, yeah. I'm pregnant. I can't be pregnant. I will not be pregnant anymore. The for, only, I, women, I mean, for other women, it is heartbreaking and, and heart wrenching because they they want the kid or they want to have a kid in the future, whatever it is. They have children already. They would love to have another one. They can't. The the fetus isn't doing well. I mean, there's lots of reasons that I'm are emotional. To say, it's I'm never the decision. No, is I mean, yes, the decision can be easy because of your circumstances, but it's not yeah. something we do for fun. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely and not. That's the hey, way can they, I go get I mean, one today? They talk about like talk about like liberal <laughs> women just get pregnant just so they can have an abortion. Right? Like, no, hey, yeah, that's what we know, do. I'm gonna. 
go get an abortion. I'm not even pregnant. You know, just right? Like, yeah. Can I get one? No, it's not that. It's not that situation. Certainly, no. No woman wakes up in the morning and goes, "Yay! Now it's my turn." Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, that's I, what I I'm trying never, to say. I mean, I can never understand. <laughs> I, I will never be able to understand what it's like to be a woman. But at the same time, if I, you know, just for the sake of argument, if I put myself in the mindset of someone who's freshly pregnant and abortion is an option. My mm-hmm. mindset is I'm not afraid of the the concept of having an abortion. I would go in and have an abortion immediately. The thing I'd be com- concerned about is just the mechanics of the process of having an abortion. Just these, you know, the invasive nature going to the going to a mm-hmm. clinic, seeing a doctor, um mm-hmm. ha- you know, having, you know, the anesthesia and the equipment put in there and the just the pr- the process of doing it would be Harrowing because no one likes to go in and have a medical procedure. So that pretty me, much any time yeah. metal touches your junk, it's traumatic. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. And so you know what? And that's actually a really good point, or brings up a good point, which is that again, going back to what Jody was saying with regard to the parameters of the debate and debating mm-hmm. rape and incest rather than debating free and clear access to a medical procedure. Uh, the same thing goes for I remember uh, maybe five or six years ago where we were talking about uh, trans vaginal ultrasounds and oh how yeah i remember those a, a yep. lot right and a lot of the trap laws involved oh requiring this invasive ultrasound mm-hmm. procedure in order to have an abortion which i consider mm-hmm. to be um like almost rape adjacent um it is sort of thing it's like a government totally sanctioned is. insertion <laughs> into the human body which is just horrifying to think of Mm-hmm. Um, that just disappears. We no longer even talk about that because now we're debating rape and incest and whether that should be an exception. My God, that's where we are now. We're at the point now where we can't even talk about free and clear access to health care, for God's sake. We have to talk about these exceptions and then get into this wormhole about, you know, again, it's, it's so frustrating from a, a sheer argumentative point of view uh, of... You know, debating personhood and the life cycle is just... Well, some of these laws go, oh, for the health of the mother. Well, maybe the health of the mother is being able to put a roof over her head and go to work every day and not have to worry about daycare and childcare and and feeding another human and and doing all... That is the health of the mother, the mental health, the physical health, all of that. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that that somebody who can't afford a child or just doesn't want one um, should have to have one? Well, here's another example of the convoluted nature of the argument, the way it stands now. Uh, Britt Hume last night tweeted this. He said, Ugh. if the case for abortion... <laughs> <laughs> the goth ninjas are unimpressed. Thumbs down. Britt Hume looks like a Rita's Italian ice frozen custard left in the sun. He just melty and Ugh, just melting. Yeah. He yeah. just looks like his face is melting. Ah, <laughs> he said here on Twitter, if, if the case for abortion rights is so strong, why is it always cloaked in such euphemisms as choice? women's health and the biggest howler of all reproductive rights whatever abortion is is, yeah whatever abortion is about it is most certainly not about reproduction you fucking turd brit hume you fucking ignoramus you god damn it my god you know what yeah but you know what he's he's saying okay let's let's review he's saying the, the term reproductive rights is bullshit because abortion has nothing to do with the word reproductive right or reproduction as he changes the the goalposts there reproductive rights the uterus brit hume is a reproductive organ you fucking twit yeah, I mean, does this he guy need this a, an appliance? I mean, you know, any like, you know, ninth grade health class is going to have diagrams, you fucking moron. The thing about putting quotes <laughs> around women's health to me was yeah. more insulting. Right. right. You know, because it's like, 
I just, uh, yeah. and when you look at actually the incredible number of medical tests that have been only done on men and the things that have, you know, the side effects with certain medications and procedures we've seen arise in women because they do these double blind screens with the, yeah, just, uh, I'm sorry, I'm like babbling now, but. Well, I mean, here's all you got to know. All you got to do is go to uh, my podcast from yesterday with Dr. Torres. Now, one of the reasons I have Dr. Torres on now twice this year alone, I had her once on in January and again uh, yesterday, is because I, I think what we do so often with the abortion debate is that word abortion becomes like this monolith in and of itself. And instead of arguing the actual nuts and bolts of what we're talking about, we end up arguing in, in loftier, more conceptual terms. And in some cases, that's, that's warranted, certainly in terms of uh, human rights and body sovereignty and things like that. But at the same time, I, I like to talk to people who actually have a firsthand knowledge of not only fetal biology, not only women's reproductive health, but the abortion process itself. And to get to hear from a doctor who actually performs abortions is immensely educational because it's not the uh, the imagery that you get certainly from people like Donald Trump or people like Ben Shapiro, where it's like, a, you know, it's like a Rob Zombie movie, the way they describe it. And it's not that. It is a medical procedure. It is safe as hell. It is something that uh, has very few complications, uh, at least physical complications. Um, and If properly administered. If properly administered. The problem is that, I mean, because the thing about these laws is that abortions are not going to stop. No. They're just going to become incredibly dangerous. Well, yeah, and that's, that's a whole other aspect. I mean, I kept thinking uh, yesterday as I was really considering all of the downsides and repercussions of this horrendous series of laws. One of them is the fact that uh, the online black market for abortifacient drugs is just about to reap a gigantic windfall, thanks to Alabama. Because now, you know, you're going to be able to go to YouTube and learn about, you know, bro science ways of doing your own abortion. Like... You know, uh, mm. different chemical, different supplements and things that you can put together in combination that will induce an abortion. Or here's where you can get illegal uh, abortion inducing drugs from Canada or Mexico or someplace ugh, absolutely horrendous in terms of quality control, like China. You know, you can get all right. those places. And it's, it's like a, it'll be an offshoot of sort of like the online uh, steroid community, for example, performance mm. enhancing drugs where you can go to YouTube and see a, a wide variety of videos that are legally and permissibly up on YouTube about how to use steroids. And the same thing is going to happen if it hasn't already with uh, abortion drugs. And that's going to be the tool of choice for women in places like Alabama and certainly across every single red state in the United States if uh, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Women are going to be pursuing those drugs. And quite honestly, you never know what they're going to end up getting because, uh, exactly. you know, again, these are disreputable uh, drug outfits where they might not even get uh, something that actually works. They might even just and get placebos. You still placebos need aftercare. Or, you yeah. Know, even with, a, you know, a contragestive or, you know, a, a, an abortifacient pill that you can still have women who have in like an incomplete, uh, I don't know what you call it, separation of the uterine lining and they need to have a DNC yeah. or, you know, it's just, it's, it's so risky and so many things can go wrong in terms of just not having a medical professional involved. Yeah. Well, the, the bottom line in all of this uh, is that Jody uh, and every woman in the United States 
is now considered and has been considered quite a long time, but now they're actually codifying it uh, to be second class citizens. You're being relegated to second class mm-hmm. citizens. We are rewinding the well, history you know, books. So emotional. <laughs> yeah, but we're rewinding back to fifty years ago, for God's sake, and everything that was horrible at that time, and we're going back to that because uh, you know half of the voting population of this country doesn't understand science and believes mm-hmm. religious dogma over the hard and fast scientific aspects of fetal development, of, uh, of genetics, of, of childbearing, of birth, and so on. Uh, and even God, they're, they're getting, fine if they just didn't know, but they won't leave us alone either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I say us, uh, not like I can have an abortion, or but, but I just, I feel like LGBTQ rights and women's reproductive rights are like, really like just like sisters riding together like yeah. mm-hmm. when they go after one they're coming for the other oh yeah and, and that train is never late absolutely no, my sister so, my sister my one of my older sisters knew somebody in the 60s who got pregnant when they were teenagers and uh, obviously it wasn't legal to get an abortion and she was 16 17 years old yeah. so they went down into manhattan and found some back alley doctor you know and i use the word doctor in quotes mm-hmm. and she she successfully terminated the pregnancy, but because of how it was done, she was never able to have children after that. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it just makes me think of FGM. Uh, yeah. Just horrible, horrible. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this you is were what saying, they want to roll this back to. Yeah. This I mean, point mm-hmm. where like women are these like gilded, hothouse lilies that have yeah. to be protected from their own impulses. And- yeah, exactly right. That, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is that men who uh, are anti-choice do not trust women to make the correct decisions. It Mm -hmm. is a throwback misogynistic point of view. It Mm -hmm. is women are incapable. Women aren't bright enough, nor are they morally centered enough to be able to adequately make this decision. The thing is though, so many of them are actually pro-choice and they don't even know it. They don't know it. And I, I have documented... Until their daughter gets pregnant by until their black da- guy. Until their daughter gets pregnant. That, that, is, that is absolutely right. Well, what happens is, is that's when the rubber meets the road. I mean, that's where they go... So to speak. <laughs> yeah. Or the rubber didn't meet the... Anyway, sorry. Well, I mean, here's, well, here's a, a situation that happened uh, yesterday on Fox News Channel where they had uh, this uh, anti-choice activist, Kristen Hawkins, on with um with a woman who was who happened to have been raped and who's against the uh the Alabama law and then whoever the host was random blonde woman x on Fox News channel <laughs> right Martha McCallum that's who it was and so this woman Kristen Hawkins is talking about how great this law is and oh yes it's well yeah it's terrible to be raped and so on but you know what there's a baby there and you can't punish the baby for the sins of the dad or blah 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 the same old bullshit that we hear over and over again. Are they going to adopt these babies? Yeah no obviously not. Then certainly they're not. Well, hell pro- sometimes they give the rapist visitation. I know. Yeah and they're certainly not going to provide health care for them either. But uh, so so here's I mean Kristen Hawkins at, at one point Kristen Hawkins the anti-choice activist on Fox News Channel accidentally admitted to supporting choice and this uh. happens a lot here's the sound of this uh, anti-choice activist confessing 
to supporting choice. But being a rape victim, that is something, I'm sorry, that is such a personal crime. And then to have to carry this child. Okay, this is, that is the, the person who's against the Alabama law. And you'll Got hear uh, Kristen Hawkins here in a second. And imagine the guilt that the mother might end up placing on that child as Michelle, well, or the guilt I, that child shall feel. What about the children who are born, who are conceived in rape, their mothers courageously choose right. to, to parent them? Do they Christian, have value? Christian and Rochelle, and Rochelle, chose. Do those children have value? Hold on, ladies. They chose. Let's listen. The other woman caught it too. Rochelle Ritchie was the other uh, uh, Mm -hmm. guest on the show, and she caught it too. Kristen Hawkins says the word choose in there. Heroically choose to carry their uh rapist baby. And that, you know what? You know what? Turned me into a liberal or started my transformation into a liberal at age 17 was someone saying to me, Bob, if your girlfriend got pregnant, what would you do? And I said, just right off the top of my head, I said, well, that would be her choice about what to do. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I went, oh, oh, I did like Edith Bunker. I went, oh, oh. <laughs> and I got it. I got it. And that's all it took. One question and a knee-jerk answer from me to entirely change my worldview or at least start the process down that road. And so it can be done again. Here's more examples of the same kind of thing. I, mean, I feel like this problem, this is not going to work with your average Trump meathead. Well, maybe not. You ask him, what are you going to do if your partner gets pregnant? He's going to be like, well, I'll provide for her. But this is, a, don't a give, question about don't, don't masculinity. Let, don't let T-Rex make you give up. <laughs> Don't let T-Rex convince you to give up because this is possible and this is a game of inches and it just it's convincing one person at a time. We convince one person at a time. We start to create a critical mass where the laws have to be changed and these trap laws have to be rolled back. Here, and a few more examples of anti-choice people actually admitting that they're in real life pro-choice. Michelle Bachman, here's a quote from Michelle Bachman on, on Meet the Press uh, some time ago. She said, What we want is women to be able to make their own choices. We want women to make their own choices in health care. You see, that's the lie that happens under Obamacare. because She's talking about the Affordable Care Act. The president of the United States effectively becomes a health care dictator. Interesting that she's against that, but yet women are being told that they can't have this one procedure. Okay, and then she goes on to say, Women don't need anyone to tell them what to do on health care. We want women to have their own choices. She says this phrase again. We want women to have their own choices, their own money. That way they can make their own choices for the future of their own bodies. Interesting, huh? Michelle I feel Bachman. like you need to have her spacey accent when you read that thing. <laughs> we feel women need to have their own choices. Jehovah God or Jehovah God. My oh, eyes Jehovah are far God. away and shiny. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Far away and shiny. What is the deal? What is it? Does Michelle Bachman have shiny, shiny arms or something? She does. Eyes, eyes, eyes. Oh, eyes. eyes. I thought you said her arms were shiny. Her arms are far away they might and be. shiny. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's very, very specific. That's a very specific criticism. Um, no, it's the way that her eyes look all crazy. And they do. Just, yeah, yes, they do. They, she yeah, she does have crazy eyes. The other person who has some crazy eyes on her is uh, Sarah Palin. A big darn deal. Yeah, it is a big darn yeah. deal. Sarah uh, Palin yeah. and Ann Coulter have the same eyes that look like they're screaming even when their mouths are shut. You know? <laughs> <No>. like, <laughs> like they're That's just so kind funny. of bulging a little bit hey, all the time. Y- you know who I notice who sometimes gets the crazy eyes is Adam Schiff. 
Adam Schiff can sometimes get the crazy big eyes. Anyway, uh, so... Yeah, I know the expression you re- mean. Remember in 2008 when Sarah Palin was being interviewed by Katie Couric? We all, re- we all remember that interview. Oh, yeah. Of course, it was... All over. of them. Right back to I just, you. whatever's in front of me, you know... Exactly. It was a, um, it was a big darn deal because it completely uh, eliminated Sarah Palin in the eyes of many, many people who actually previously had supported her. But it was a very big darn deal. A big darn deal. So Katie Couric says, Palin... Uh, I guess this is sort of the introductory uh, voiceover. So Katie Couric says, Palin says she makes no apologies for her pro-life views and opposes abortion, even in the case of rape or incest. And then the audio of Sarah Palin saying, I'm saying that personally, I would counsel that person to choose life. (laughs) Choose, Uh. choose, choose, choose. She says, choose, choose life, despite horrific, horrific circumstances that this person would find themselves in. So Sarah Palin is pro-choice. If she is in favor of allowing a person to choose life, she is therefore allowing a person to make her own choice about her health care, like Michelle Bachman said and mandated. Okay, so... That's like any color so long as it's black. You know, <laughs> or, you, know you can make any choice you want so long as it's not... The right. one we don't want you to, you know, it's yeah, but yeah. it's still she's saying she's saying choose here. So and then she said earlier uh, in the 2008 campaign, she also said, we're proud of Bristol's decision uh-huh. to have her baby and even prouder to become grandparents. Again, it's a decision she's talking about here. She's in favor of allowing the person who is pregnant to make her own decisions, mm-hmm. period. So, I mean, again. They don't understand the parameters of the debate they're engaged in. They don't understand. They think the choice automatically means abort, 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 abort. Right. But choice is choosing not to abort sometimes. Right. Yeah, I, it point. reminds me though, like what right wing people used to tell me before, you know, in the early days of the same sex marriage argument, they're like, "We gay people can get married in this country, yeah. just not to people of their own gender." And I was just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> you know, because it's like, "Oh yeah," you know. <laughs> well, did you, did you guys see uh, earlier today? I, I, no, actually, it was yesterday around the time that Nancy Pelosi and and Bill Barr had that exchange. Well, oh, Bill, yeah, I heard that. Bill yeah. Barr was asked by reporters, what's your view on this Alabama law? And Bill Barr said, you you could, you do, you want, you, you, you could do so. You, any excuse. You, you, you could, you, yeah, thank you, you. Want, you want Mr. To. Attorney General, thank you. Thank I you. I took a touch on Sarah Palin one more time, just because last week I was trying to get the last pickle out of the jar. And you know that how frustrating that process is. It keeps rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a huge one. It's like, Ben, it's a big darn deal. It's, it's a, yeah. It's a big darn deal. And I'm like deal. stabbing it into the pickle jar. It's a big darn deal. <laughs> a big darn deal. That's actually, that, you know what? You know what's crazy about that clip? That is from a documentary series about Gen X narrated by Christian Slater. And somehow they figured out that Sarah Palin is a Gen Xer. And I take issue with that because I think she was she is. pre-Gen X. What, what year is she born? 61. I think it was 61. You're right. Sarah she's Palin. the tail end of boomers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let me just go. She's a late boomer. Because she's, a, she's a tail end of the boomers. I'm interested in this because we're planning. Oh, no. You know what? You know, she might be. She's 64. I think that's enough of an overlap. No, she's a Gen Xer. 64 is Gen X. So, yep. 64 is Gen Xer. So she is. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's at the beginning, but yeah, she's she's Gen X, unfortunately. That's a horrible, she has to claim it. horrible, horrible she's, But again, it's more like, you know, sucking up to the people in power. I mean, she thinks like a boomer because that's, yeah. you know, 
who buttered her bread for a couple of years and let her put things in the belly of the plane, you know. Yeah. Well, let's... Uh, those clothes and stuff. <laughs> on that note, let's take uh, one last break and wrap up the show right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! really different than the previous song we played, isn't it? This is Aiton Mursky. The song is called Would It Kill You? I know I'm not the guy you're looking for, but I don't blame you at all. I don't expect us to be going out. I don't expect Again, the song is uh, Would It Kill You? from the If Not Now Later album. EatonMursky.bandcamp.com. That's E-Y-T-A-N. I'm assuming it's Eaton or Aiton? Mursky? I should probably have uh, asked him what the pronunciation of his first name was. <laughs> I'm so lazy. Aiton Mursky, that's E-Y-T-A-N-M-I-R-S-K-Y.bandcamp.com. Link in the description, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. All right, you know, uh, T-Rex, earlier you were talking about LGBTQ. He's got a beautiful voice. I'm sorry. Just, uh, he's, uh, he's got an amazing voice, and I just, I love uh, that particular, it's almost, it's got that summer springtime feel to it. It's, yes. it's, it's the sort of stuff that I'm just devouring right now. Uh, it should be floating in a pool. Exactly. You know, earlier you mentioned LGBTQ rights uh, as they relate to women's rights. And you know what? Oh, trust me, that's next. Yeah. Well, and again, it's already started. I mean, it's already started. This attack on uh, trans people in the military uh, is, is one of the things. did you hear that they're telling same-sex couples that their children are not American citizens because they're illegitimate? I didn't know that. That's horrible. What? Uh, it's in the Daily Beast, and I don't oh, have all God. the details on it because I started to read it, and my steam started coming out of my ears, and I had to stop. Yeah. Well, you you watch now. I, I think the next line of attack against uh, trans people is going to be restricting access to hormones. Uh, and then, of course, it. For, for transitioning, hormones are basically everything. Uh, but Pelosi said it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, not worth it to divide the country. Like the country's not already fucking divided. I know. But I just, I just can't with the timidity anymore. I no, mean, I know. it's pitchforks and torches time, gang. It was a year ago. It's time to get up and get off your complacent DNC and DCCC asses yeah. and make shit happen. You know, I, 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 I get that, and I, I want, I do support that. I do support taking a harder line against Trumpism. There's no doubt about that. I've been one of the most radical uh, voices in terms of uh, of obliterating Trumpism off the face of the earth, and with it, everything that this fucking horror show in uh, Alabama and all points in between. (laughs) 
And so, uh, you know, but at the same time, I I get the idea that they're trying to go for. I get what Joe Biden's trying to do, which is to hang on to some sense of normalcy in this chaos. And I get the the predilection to, to go that direction, even though I don't necessarily agree with it all the time. There's some cases where it's necessary, other cases where you can push back in the harshest way possible. Uh, but, but in so far as, you know, someone like Nancy Pelosi is just trying to hang on to the reins of normalcy and, and regular order and so on. Uh, I do have at least a, an understanding of why that is. And so there, there's that no, explanation. It's the ship is burning and yeah. sinking in the water. Oh, it is I time know. to man the lifeboats. Like uh, just, it's, I just, uh, especially like I now. said, I feel like politicians are complacent because they have plenty of money. Nobody can touch them. Yeah. You know, they get lots of threatening emails and garbage and people stake out their offices sometimes, but ultimately they do not feel the urgency of someone who has lost their health care and job and is desperately trying to stitch together a living. Yeah. In this or freaking you, capitalist dystopia that we live in. Right. Or if you're a 15 year old girl who's been raped by her father and having no recourse whatsoever if she happens to live in Alabama, you know, or or any of these other states. Um, You know, I said yesterday, just as a note of hopefulness or or how, how do we, how do we wrap our heads around this, uh, this series of trap laws, these uh, abortion bans, these attacks on women's healthcare, how do we wrap our heads around that and then stay motivated? Well, obviously we have to use shit like this Alabama law as motivation for seizing control of the government, for taking the government back from the school board level on up. You know, this is something that people have been hearing me say on this show Mm -hmm. for years and years and years about starting at the ground level and infiltrating government from the grassroots on up rather than like, oh my God, which Democratic candidate is leading in the polls with nine months before Iowa? It's just like, you know, we wrap ourselves (laughs) into the horse race of the presidency and we lose track of what's going on locally. You know, one of the people I admire most most right now in these times one of the i think one of the heroes of the trump era carl frisch from the stephanie yeah. miller show carl oh, he's frisch, great i love carl he is he is a wonderful man who is doing a wonderful thing he is running for school board in fairfax mm-hmm. county and i've already contributed to him i think everyone should uh and and he gets he gets it he gets he's got the right idea he's starting at the ground floor and infiltrating with progressive ideas, forward-thinking ideas, science-based ideas. At, at the school board level, you, you infiltrate in at a level where you can influence curriculum. You are influencing young, formative minds, and there's nothing more valuable than bringing these ideas down to the level of kids who are in grade school, high school, even kindergarten to some uh, respect, because you know what? This is what the conservative movement did. This is what this is yeah. how they they licked yep. their wounds after the 1964 presidential election where Barry mm-hmm. Goldwater and Stephanie Miller's dad got blown out of the water and yep. they said, "You know what? In order to reclaim conservatism in this country, we have to do the hard work where we start at the bottom and work our way into all of this. Um, whether you're a progressive man or a progressive woman or any point in between, um, you need to start to focus on Every level of politics, not just the presidency, yep. not just you know, who's even running. though I'm in a red state. Yeah, my city is a model for this. We have a progressive mayor, a fully progressive city council. Yeah, our last set of elections was a wipeout. For I mean, people don't even dare to run in Athens as Republicans. Yeah, they've declared our mayoral elections nonpartisan because the Republicans can't win here. 
Um, although they have split our district up congressionally so that we have this total Wahoo Tea Party joker yeah. as our congressman because they've combined us with one of the most conservative districts in Georgia. And, of course, it looks like a freaking amoeba because mm. they've drawn it. So, yeah, but uh, my immediate, like, government is very progressive because it's like we, you yeah. know, enough people got into the race here to be like, we have to form a bulwark. Yeah. Against well, what's happening. And especially if you're in a red state, look to Kansas as a model. Kansas was the deepest, deepest red state there was. I mean, back in 2004, 2005, there was a famous book that was out, What's the Matter with Kansas, where everyone's looking at why mm-hmm. Why do they think this? Why are they voting against their own uh, best economic interests and so on? And since then, since the disaster that Sam Brownback was, you know, cutting taxes, cutting government, and then sinking into a deep, almost inescapable debt in that uh, in that state, they emerge now where more and more progressives are getting elected because they're actually winning because they're speaking to people uh, in ways that that voters can understand. And, and relating progressive ideas to those voters. But the main thing is, is they are fighting. They are, you know what? It seems weird to say this. They're bothering. They're, they're bothering yeah. to run. They're bothering to make the effort. And that is so crucial right now. I can't emphasize that enough. It, it seems bleak at this moment in time. And it seems, in, in so many ways, it seems like we're at the end. We've reached the end. But, you know, if things turn out right and Donald Trump doesn't nuke the whole place, um, there is going to be a backlash. There is go- the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. And there is a very solid chance, given the fact that these people have so grotesquely overreached, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, family separation, internment camps, whether it's uh, building the wall or forming alliances with Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin, or whether it's the abortion laws in Alabama, all of this stuff, there's going to be such a backlash against the extremism that they have decided to take because they feel emboldened with Donald Trump. They're excited. They're revved up. Donald Trump does that to people who have a tendency toward that, uh, that idea because of the cultural links and so on. This will backfire. This will stop. And are we going to be ready to seize the reins when that starts happening. And that's what we have to do. And that requires not just, I mean, you don't have to run for office to be part of that. You can support people who are running for office. You can encourage people to run for office. And you can mainly just get out and vote in your primaries. You vote in your local elections. Make sure you participate. Otherwise, they are going to keep passing these trap laws. And if Roe v. Wade goes down, then it's going to all of the there's a whole series of laws all across the country, mainly in red states that will be triggered back into existence that will <laughs> automatically go into effect. And there are various it levels is. of bans on a healthcare procedure that is so absolutely necessary uh, for, for women's health care. So there's, I, I should have put some sort of patriotic music behind all of that, but what, what can I say? <laughs> Get the theme from Braveheart. <laughs> I'll just have to settle for our end, end credits music here. Well, uh, us, you know, representing all the host bodies in the country. Yes, Joe. Um, yes, We ma'am. thank you. We mm. thank you. As, well, a, as a previous host body, I can't host anything anymore. Well, Aww. you know, right. I'm an old lady. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, um, this all of this affects men as well as women. I mean, not mm-hmm. obviously not Absolutely. directly affecting men, but you know, again, we're t- we're talking about healthcare, we're talking about society, mm-hmm. we're talking about um, equality. What happens to one group of us can happen to all of us. 
If you think that men won't be men's bodies won't be regulated once this door is swung open, you're sadly mistaken. Because that's next. LGBT bodies. That's next. The the Republicans. Well, I mean, even loving could get overturned if you think about it. Yeah. Justice Thomas and oh, his God. wife might have to get divorced. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, that's right. And that'll happen. Oh man, right. <laughs> He's going to put their hand up his robe and tell him what to say. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Onion gets the award for the headline of the day. I just want to read this headline. Uh, the Onion, just staffed by some of the smartest, funniest people in the world. Abused 12-year-old Alabama girl doesn't think she can handle being a mom on top of everything else. That's the uh, that's the onion. It's too true. It's It's so true. uh, Yeah, uh, I know. uh, uh, uh. All right, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com or .cam. I don't know what the hell that is. Sexyliberal.com. Sexyliberal.cam sounds like something that might be 18 or older. (laughs) Jody Hamilton's From the Bunker podcast. Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour. Randy Rhodes' After Hours. Dino Bidala's I Want to Be Your Muslim Friend. Sanity with John Fugel saying brand new inaugural episode of that just just posted. Final word with Frangelo, the great rude pundit. And more, more to come. Uh, Proud Resistor and so many others at SexyLiberal.com. The best thing you can do for all of these shows is to just sign up on iTunes, sign up on Spotify, five-star ratings and reviews for everybody, and make sure to tell all your friends. That's your homework assignment, and we thank you in advance. Uh, Postmortem show is coming up next. We're going to talk about Tim Conway with Jody Hamilton, who knew the man personally because Jody Hamilton's mom is Carol Burnett. And we're so, we're so endlessly. What? We're so, I know. It's, <laughs> I was shocked to find that out, you know, an hour ago. So was I. <laughs> Postmortem show next, BobSeskaShow.com. That's where you can listen. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>